All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Uh, it's, it's been a long time since we've done a Michigan edition podcast, but uh, frequently frequent guest on the Michigan pods is uh, Dan. Dan, how are you, man? It's been a while. It has been a while, buddy, but uh, nice to sit back and, and talk with you. And uh, even though you and I are pretty excited for football and full capacity for this fall, whether it's Absolutely. pro or college, there's Absolutely. definitely a uh, – a rain cloud or a hurricane, if you want to call it that, uh, headed towards Ann Arbor, and it is uh, dealing with off-the-field issues. So, Yeah, I mean, this is something that the college football world isn't um, – this isn't new. This is something that's um, – I, I, well, it's not even limited to college football. This is something that the world has been getting more and more used to over the last, let's say, decade where things just start to surface from way back in the day and things need things need addressed if they need addressed you know we don't want to it, it would be this the equivalent here before we get too far off a tangent it would be the equivalent if we just found out today that hitler was killing jews that needs to be brought up that needs to be addressed obviously hitler would be dead at this point but it would still need to be addressed so not that we're going to accuse anybody of being Hitler on this pod, but let's uh, let's start here. Uh, it's been since December that you're on the pod, so it's good to have you back, and we'll talk some Michigan football here. But we're talking uh, off the field, as you said. Let's just go. Let's just go right into it. So Michigan has been um, accused of, I guess, uh, sexual misconduct in the in in the way of a former athletic doctor. And there are ties to Bo Schembechler and the coaching staff and their knowledge of said accusations. And that's why we're here. And one thing we're going to do before we even start this, um, this podcast, this discussion, um, one thing we always try to do on this podcast, we, we keep it raw, we keep it real, we keep it authentic. We don't really, um, don't really mess around too much. We're going to keep it as honest as possible. And... We're going to share with you the facts that we know. We're no, we're, I mean, we're average Joe, Joe's that are Michigan fans and care about the program. So we'll, we hope to do our best here in giving you authentic and factual information, but also going to give you our opinions. And before we go any farther, and I think Dan would agree to this, um, anybody that was affected by Dr. Anderson, we're not here to say that you're a liar. Um, we're here to give the facts and, uh, I would hope that at this point you could, uh, seek treatment and, 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 and move on to a happier life. Obviously it's, it's quite a shame of what could or would or did happen. And, uh, now we're here to talk about it. So Dan, let's go ahead and start with, uh, the first piece of the timeline you had mentioned that, uh, Dana Jacobson, a Wolverine fan herself was able to interview a gentleman about this. Yes. So, um, obviously, we are talking about Dr. Robert Anderson, who was yep. uh, the team doctor for the University of Football, uh, University of Michigan uh, football. And um, over three decades, um, we have now learned that approximately 850 uh, people have now uh, have come forth to say that uh, they have been sexually molested um, 
or abused uh, by said doctor. And it's not just Michigan football players. I mean, it's uh, his ties to the, uh, the Olympics. Um, been on record where he's had his hand in public schools, in Ann Arbor public schools. Um, but anyways, so last September 2020, um, Dana Jacobson, like you mentioned, uh, interviewed a former Wolverine. Uh, he played under Bo Schembechler, uh, Chuck Christensen. And uh, as a person myself, uh, who's lost someone, a loved one to uh, cancer. Uh, this one out of uh, the four uh, public, publicly known um, victims of the situation, uh, this one pulls my heartstrings the most. Like I started tearing up when I watched this interview and it's only about five minutes long on uh, CBS um, uh, YouTube account. But uh, anyways. Let me, let me stop you referring to further. By publicly, you're saying four people have given testimonies. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, continue. Uh, Sorry. And we'll touch on that earlier because tomorrow is going to be another huge day in uh, media and Michigan media. But we'll, yeah, we'll get to that later. But anyways, so Chuck Christensen, um, at the time of this interview, he and probably, you know, he still is. He suffered from stage four uh, cancer. Um, Chuck uh, was, again, he was abused by Dr. Uh, Robert Anderson. And. Um, <clears throat> When he when he first saw this doctor and he first got examined, he spoke to he said he spoke to another player that had uh, seen the doctor as well. And they were both collaborating of, wow, this really happens to you. And. Um, uh, they're like, yeah, they're like, I guess we're just going to have to get used to this. And the upperclassmen told him that you're going to have to get used to this for four years. And so he's like, wow. So he basically just accepted the fact like this is just how I'm just going to have to get treated every time I have to come see this doctor, whether it's the flu or whether it's just a a football injury. Um, But by the age of 45, uh, he uh, started having problems with his prostate. So he goes to this doctor, um, not Robert Anderson, but a different doctor. And when the doctor is putting on the rubber gloves to examine him, uh, the sound of it triggers his memory of his experiences back in college. And he wigs out. He says, I can't do this. And he, he just, I'm assuming he just gives up some leaves. And he doesn't seek medical treatment for another 10 years until it gets so bad where, again, it's, it's spread it into his tailbone, his hips, his ribs, his shoulders. I mean, it's everywhere. It's like a, a grenade went off inside him. And uh, the doctors only gave him uh, three years to live, which was at that time, they told him you're going to live to 60, and that's what we're giving you. That's what we think that your time is going to be up by then. And when Dana Jacobson had this interview last year, it was his 61st birthday. So he is still declining in health, uh, but he has obviously surpassed uh, his, his uh, time allotted. Uh, he was on a uh, Fanatics podcast episode actually yesterday, and he was giving uh, another uh, small brief interview of what was going on. But um, Has he gone into detail as of what happened to him at Michigan? As in his experiences? All, it, well, all, he, all he really says is um, that he's suing a university because of uh, the um, – the lack of accountability and uh, negligence, I guess. And he knows that he probably isn't going to win, 
but you know he's fighting for the principle of it but he really only mentions that um when he originally went on the uh the first interview with dana <clears throat> he got 40 phone calls within a couple of days about players or from players as a uh, me ball, too bawling their eyes out saying you know we're with you we experienced the same thing um so he he doesn't really get into too much detail other than you know it scarred him for life yeah i guess the reason i ask is um people that are listening to this that may not know maybe haven't heard a single testimony and i'm gonna jump ahead just for a second uh the three testimonies that were given um just a few days ago led by glenn Schembechler. matt Schembechler. matt sorry matt um, the stepson, not the biological son, but the stepson of, of Bo um, and two other players, they all aligned as far as saying that the, the main thing that would happen to them is that their genitals would be fondled and that their anus would be punctured and, with fingers. And that's what led to this gentleman no longer wanting to seek prostate. So I, I would, again, we're assuming here, I would assume that his, I want to say symptoms, his sexual misconduct towards him would probably align with these other gentlemen without hearing a testimony. I can't say that for sure, but based off what you said, that would probably right. align. Right. So, uh, so obviously that's, that's the first major story. And that took place when do you have a date on that? September 7th of 2020 is when that CBS interview was uploaded to YouTube. So we're talking just shy of uh, a year. So we're right around the 300 to 280 ish days, Mark. Um, and I, I think it's probably, it's come full blast since then. Um, more recently, like I just alluded to, we had the, the three survivors come out and, and give their testimonies. But since then, there's been some other things. So what's, what's next on the timeline? What, where are we at next after the Dana Jacobson interview? So, um, Matt Schembechler again, um, is one of three uh, adopted children uh, of Bo Schembechler. Bo Schembechler has was married twice, and his first marriage, um, I think his uh, first wife, Millie, already had three kids. Um, and I think one was Chip, one was uh, Matthew, and I forget the other name um, of the other one, but the other one doesn't really uh, surface online anywhere. And, I mean, yeah. it's not – I'm not a private investigator, but I never – find anything and it's not like i wanted to find dirt but i'm interested in the story i want to know what's going on yeah um so matt uh has got dan kwiatkowski uh who's a former player matt schembechler played uh sorry i don't mean to bounce around matt schembechler played for western michigan university but he did train with wolverines during the summer because of obviously Bo being his dad. Yes. But Dan, Dan Kwiatkowski, one of the survivors that came forward last Thursday, um, played from 77 to 81. And the other gentleman was uh, Giovanni Johnson. He played from 82 to 86. Um, but they gave their about an hour interview, uh, press conference, and uh, Matt started off. And that's kind of how the whole thing kicks off here. And so Matt Schembechler. Um, do you want me? Really do you want me? Do you want me to go here? No, you got I'm this? fine. Yeah, okay, I'm fine. Yeah. So Matt Schembechler, um, 
goes to Dr. Anderson, uh, referred by Bo. Uh, Matt Schembechler is uh, about to get trained with the Junior Wolverines, which I'm assuming is like a Pop Warner or PB program. And so he goes and he goes to uh, Anderson. And uh, again, same MO, uh, fondling of the genitals, uh, uh, the uh, fingers in, in the anus uh, yeah. multiple times. So Matt Schembechler goes home and he tells his, uh, his mom, Millie, and she's this was at 10 years she, old. This was yeah, at 10 at, years at old. 10 years old. So yep. she's disturbed. She's like, when Bo comes home from work, I want you to bring this to his attention in front of me. So uh, Matt allegedly does this. And then Bo is so infuriated from what he's hearing. He punches Matt in the chest and he leaves it as that. Um, Tells him, I this, don't have time for this. You don't Punches have time him in the chest. Yep. And, and this is up, all I think like was the, the other four one. minute mark. This is all like the four minute mark of the of the, uh, of the press conference. And uh, so apparently, uh, they they alert Don Canham, which is the athletic director at the time, and Don Canham said he would handle it. So uh, apparently, Doctor Anderson was terminated, but Bo reinstated him. Um, so that was in 1969. We move on to uh, the next. That was because uh, they kind of talk in bits and pieces. Now that was part the first part of Matt's uh, was when he was ten. Or, yep, and then so when he's we go fourteen. Dan, yep. Uh, so now we move to Dan Kwiatkowski. Um, again, he was from seventy-seven to eighty-one, and Dan Kwiatkowski, um, his freshman year, uh, his first physical with Robert Anderson, uh, had general examinations. Um, uh, Anderson blew on his penis and said that it's okay to get an erection. Don't be scared. Uh, he asked about his personal sex life, and that's at like the eight minute mark. Um, and then after this whole thing with with Dan, he brings it up to Bo, and he goes, "Quote." Um, Bo says, "Told him." Bo told him to toughen up. And the question I have, and I'm not, again, I'm not uh, saying these guys were liars at all, but my one question was, is uh, when he, when Bo told him to quote unquote toughen up, was it clear that he was sexually harassed or was it, or did Bo think that was just kind of the run of the mill procedure? Um because of how physical it went, you know what I'm saying? So w- when he says that, I'm like, because again, Bo and the University of Michigan are built on integrity and character and, and ethics and just being a virtuous type of person. So that's what my question was at that point. And I don't mean to, to run away with this. So I'll let you comment on, on what I've gotten to so far. The one thing that I, I did read and I'm not insinuating by any stretch of the imagination that blowing on the genitals was ever a practical procedure. But I have read that procedures have changed over time. And doctors um, doing anal exams at that age wasn't unheard of. Right. 
But again, I'm not even going to even start to say blowing on the genitals is 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 whatever it is um, or fondling of them and all that other stuff. But so everything that I've heard and everything that I watched in the in the press conference, it was just very like alarming, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I have lots of questions and a lot of them, I think, are questions that normal people I don't want to say normal people. That's the wrong word the average person would probably have. And I think the first thing somebody would say is, why would you let this happen? Well, you don't know until you're in that spot. And I don't remember which, which survivor used this exact line, but he said, I wanted to be on the Michigan football team. Mm-hmm. And this just went along with it. Right. Unfortunately, yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan mentioned that he says, he's like, I wanted the props too. I wanted to go to California and play in the, play in Rose, the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I, I wanted to play in the Rose Bowl. I wanted to go to California. I wanted to be a part of this team and, and have friends that, that played football as well and, and make something of myself. Yep. And it just kind of went with it. And, you know, I believe it's the same gentleman we're talking about who, you know, after he went to Bo and, you know, he actually expressed that people didn't even start calling him Dr. Anderson anymore. He was known as Dr. Anal. Yep. So, like, this was clearly, um, this is clearly known by the students. Like, people, people knew that this was a, this was a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll let you continue because there's another gentleman that's going to speak who, who opens up a little bit more. Um, so I'll let you continue here. No problem. So, uh, but yeah, I'll finish up real quick with, uh, with Dan, same, same gentleman. Um, I mean, I, again, I've, I've jotted down everything from his, from his mouth. And at the nine twenty five mark, he mentions that, you know, Bo forced him for three more, uh, examinations at 78, 79, 81. Um, and again, same thing is with some of these, uh, the, the other two is they, they say they have problems with intimacy issues and meeting women and going to the doctors. Um, but again, uh, like you said, you know, he wanted to reap the benefits of being on the football team. And from both Jelani Johnson and Dan Kulkowski, they say that, um, you know, they've, they were threatened by uh, both or that they were get, or. The upperclassmen told told them that Bo will threaten you with your scholarship if you mention anything or if you keep pushing this. Um, but you know, you bring up a good point of like the unconventional way of uh, medicine or like or you know doctoring, you know, as you will. So like you know, when the yeah. doctor says you know I'm gonna I'm gonna blow on it, like I mean it's still disgusting to hear that. But I mean, we do a lot of things now differently than we did back then i don't know it's just i don't know want to i don't want to i don't want to like discredit and not believe these guys but i feel like sometimes maybe things are taken out of context i you know that's my hope but you know that it wasn't i don't know it's just very it's a very touchy subject but anyways um so after dan speaks for his first period we now then meet uh, Jelani Johnson again. Yes. Played from 82 to 86. Um, at the 13 minute mark is when he begins. And uh, or just before that. And he hears that 
uh, a lot of the upperclassmen his freshman year are already making running jokes in the locker room. Uh, it's very hard to escape hearing it almost on a daily basis. If a player gets hurt, oh, you're going to go see Dr. Anal or you're going to get andersized. Um, yeah, that was another one, yeah. Now, his first run-in with, uh, with Anderson, he count, uh, Anderson comments on Jelani's, Jelani's, excuse me, genitals. Uh, he fondles, gives him his rectal uh, examination. Um, after the second uh, examination, he told Bo about it. Uh, Bo said that he would check into this with his medical staff, and he claims that he never heard back from Bo or any medical staff about it. Um, other players, again, warned him of saying, saying something to Bo in fear uh, or fear of what's going on. You may lose your scholarship. Uh, Giovanni yeah. was recruited to play both basketball and baseball or basketball and football. And Bo promised that you'd be able to do both. And when he keeps poking the bear with Bo about the situation, uh, Bo kind of pushes him aside from basketball and saying, you're not going to play basketball. Um, so let me, let so, me stop you there just because I feel like this is important to note. So when he, when he opens up, um, his statement before he goes into anything, he alludes to the fact that Bo knows everything. Yep. Not just medical. He alludes that he knows everything about recruiting. He knows everything about the stadium. He knows everything about the campus. He knows about what you were doing on a random Thursday night at nine fifteen with one of your boys. He he even says he said he you know Bo found out that I was allegedly smoking marijuana. He said that Bo knew when I was shooting hoops with some friends when I was practicing ball when I shouldn't have been. Bo knew everything. And when he says that, he insinuates that Bo 100% knew about Dr. Anderson. Yep. So everything, obviously, that you've just said. And, again, another claim that, that Bo was, was told. And uh, this player obviously felt, A, he was going to have a scholarship taken away. B, he wasn't going to be able to play basketball. And basically decided to keep his mouth shut after that. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's again, we're 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 hearing a third testimony at this point that this is, and they're all aligning with with mm-hmm. generally the the same accusations. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, after the that that conversation, uh, later we get to um, the fourteen fifty three mark. So this is just a sentence or two later after the basketball football. Uh, situation. Um, Vlani says he's seen R.A. or Robert Anderson uh, 15 to 20 times in his uh, whole time at Michigan. Um, and because of that, again, same thing, same uh, narrative of, you know, delaying medical care, trust issues, relationship issues, intimacy uh, issues. Um, and when asked coming forward, Giovanni uh, says, um, you know, he was a social worker and he helped kids who were molested. And so he wants to be that voice. He wants to uh, help prevent this. And again, you know, I mentioned earlier that I really felt with uh, Chuck Christensen um, because of or Christian. I, can't, I think it was Christian. And because of the whole cancer thing. And, and you know, Giovanni here gets emotional, too. And, and, you know, it's hard not to feel for him. Cause he seems so genuine, you know, and, um, 
you know, again, how could uh, Bo not have known? I mean, he knew everything, like you said. Uh, he was basically Lord Varys of Game of Thrones. He's the master of whispers. Again, I mean, you can't go to the bathroom without someone following you in there or, you know, hearing you about it. So um, that was really the first three uh, talking points that each one of those guys had. Um, after that, after around the 20 minute mark is when the press conference went opened into, uh, uh, questions. Um, so now we kind of get into the one thing that I'm really interested on the next, either the 72 hours or this summer in general. And that's because of Jim Harbaugh. So Ocean Beckler. Again, our godfather, that was Jim Harbaugh's literally second father. And Jim Harbaugh was there from 82 to 86. He never seen the field in 82. He got a red shirt. But from 83 to 86, he was the starter. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist. And the one thing that I find very interesting about this whole story, well, I want to say the one thing, but you know what I mean, um, is... um, Well, uh, Matt Beckler defends, uh, is very adamant about defending Jim Harbaugh, saying he could have not have known. He was just a kid coming in there. At, uh, six, he was just a kid in nineteen in nineteen sixty nine. Um, so then, a reporter asked him um, at the forty six mark. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit ahead of myself here, but it's just too interesting to not say right now. At the forty six fifteen second mark, uh, a reporter asked him if he's contradicting Giovanni and Daniel about if the whole locker room knew, how didn't Jim Harbaugh know? Um, and so, quote from Matt Schembechler, he goes, remember, I go back to, to 69 as a player. I highly doubt many years later that Jim knew. I can't read Jim's mind. He's just that kind of guy who wouldn't pay attention to this even uh, after this started happening, after he got to the U. His dad wasn't part of the original staff. He could have known. And my question is, again, that he didn't know about you or in general, and then uh, again, he was asked that, and he's just said in general. So uh, I'll let you, I want to hear your take on what if Jim Harbaugh does know? You're asking me what if he knows? Yeah. So before I even go to that, uh, I'm going to, there's more I feel like I need to lead up to. Go ahead. So, no, you're good. You're good. So, you know, this, this, this Matt gentleman, the stepson of, of Bo, he, you know, he makes his, his testament, speaks out against his father. And it is, by the way, we haven't brought this up yet, but it is stated many times, and there was questions even. He has no love for Bo. This isn't a typical father-son relationship, for those of you guys that are listening that haven't heard this. This is a, he basically, I mean, he has no love for Bo. Bo's just a guy. He's not his dad. I mean, it's just like there's just no love there. And with all that said, he raves about Jim Harbaugh. He even said he he mentioned, gosh, seven to eight to nine different people in the family of the Harbaugh family that he absolutely not just like them, uh, loved, he adores the fan, the Harbaugh family. Like they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh, they are wonderful. 
And then he even says, like, and Mrs. Harbaugh doesn't use her name. And he says, I wouldn't dare disrespect her or something like that. Like, just goes on this tangent about the Harbaugh family. And, and then many times throughout this entire process, Jim has no idea. And I, he knows, I would, I'm assuming he knows, that Jim Harbaugh has come out publicly defending Bo. That he didn't think any of this, you know, not that it didn't happen, but he doesn't think that Bo knew. And with all that said, I have, I really have two questions, and it's like a counter question to what you said. How could, if this is, if everybody knew, how could Jim have not known? Right. Right. Okay. How could he have not known? Who was his doctor? Was it not Dr. Anderson? Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make jokes, but what? So Jim Harbaugh just gets a pass, but every other guy in the locker room gets it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm again, I'm not making funny situation. I'm being serious. How does Jim Harbaugh not have this happen to him? How does Jim Harbaugh not know? How is Jim Harbaugh apparently singled out? Yep. As well as a lot of other people. Um, he's just the most common one because he happens to be the head football coach of the. Michigan Wolverines today. So obviously his name's the one that surfaces here. And he holds Bo to a very high standard, as you as you alluded to. Basically a second father. And I think that's incredibly accurate. Um so back to your question. Does Jim Harbaugh know? Does Jim Harbaugh know that Dr. Anderson was doing this, or does Jim Harbaugh know that Bo knew? It's really a tough question. If Jim Harbaugh never had it happen to him. Maybe he assumes it's rumor and innuendo. It's Mm -hmm. rumor and hearsay. Right. Or. I don't know. You know, um, Matt calls Jim naive to the situation. Like. Which I find incredibly weird, like you're you're saying it's happening to everyone Mm -hmm. or a lot of students. And what was the number you gave to how many people? have stepped forward now approximately 850 850 i'm guessing a lot of those are michigan wolverines of some sort but yet jim harbaugh happened to not i don't know i it's really tough to to dive into it i don't i don't have the i don't have any more facts right. to say that he it, did it's, it's really tough it's a question that i've been asking myself over and over again the last two days um because i've been at work i got an airpod in and i'm listening to nothing but uh, 97 won the ticket Detroit radio and yeah um you know again with with Giovanni Johnson playing the in the same years 82 to 86 as Jim Harbaugh and he is saying that how could you not have known and in this press conference at the 47 mark uh Giovanni says that the reason Part of the reason, at least where he came out on uh, last Thursday is because a week and a half ago Jim Harbaugh Defended Bo saying that's not the ball that I know. And so yeah. Giovanni was triggered enough to hear that to come out and say his piece. So the weight of that is huge. Um, Bo has had numerous people come forward in his defense. Um, yesterday uh, or the day before, uh, Jim Brandstatter, who does play-by-play for Wolverine football on the radio. Very important be- name. He, he used to be the color guy uh, when um, Jim Beckman uh, was it Beckman, Jim Beckman. I'm having a brain fart. I'm not sure. But, uh, but anyways, 
But you're right. He used to be the color guy. Right. So anyways, Jim Brandstetter goes on two radio shows and gives a 15-minute interview and a 40-minute interview. And basically was kind of discrediting uh, the Vic. The, the victims, uh, Dan Kwiatkowski specifically, apparently uh, Jim Brand Sanders uh, believes or knows that Kwiatkowski was dismissed from the football team at one point for drug charges. And he backtracks immediately and says, I, you got to walk a fine line. I can't, I can't really go too far into that. And it's like, but wait a minute. I'm like, so you're already discrediting this guy uh, for his uh, alleged experience with his doctor because of some teenage uh, fault or hiccup he had in his life. Yeah. But my point, but my point is, is Jim Brandstatter came and defended Bo in a heartbeat, and he did a lot of things where he might have done more harm than good. Um, and as we go back to the Schembechler family, uh, so we know in the beginning that we I had mentioned that. Bo had three sons that he had with, uh, or that Millie had that he adopted in. And then he had two children with her, I believe a, a daughter, who we, I don't think anyone really talks about. And then Glenn Schembechler, who is known as Shemmy Schembechler. He's on Facebook. He's on some of the fan pages. And Shemmy came out after this report or after the press conference last Thursday and basically said, again, just like Jim Harbaugh, that's not the Bo I know. Bo found out he would have said something. Brand Snatter said if he found out, he would have done something in a heartbeat. He does. He would never have stood for it. Millie would have never stood for it. Kathy, which was Bo's second wife, would have never stood for it. Um, but within the Schembecker family, has been a lot of tension over the years. And again, like you had alluded to earlier, Matt never had a great relationship with Bo. He says in this press conference, he didn't hate Bo. He just didn't like him. And probably stems from when he was 10 years old and he was abused now real quick before i, I get uh, uh let you take back over uh it was in like 1999 uh matt here sued um Bo and the university because uh they were doing the renovations in the stadium and matt had taken some of the stadium seating and he was going to uh revamp them or make them to sports memorabilia or something like that and do charity work or something with the profit, something like that. And they basically shut that crap down. So that was assault in the wound to Matt. Um, that was, uh, if you want to look at that article, that was January 15, 1999 on the Chicago Tribune, Schembechler's son suing father uh, Michigan uh, over seats. Uh, and that was $500 in lost uh, business uh, opportunities and all that stuff. Um, uh, and then, um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, so we have that. So we already know that the relationship there has been great. So I'll, yeah. uh, I'll now pass the ball uh, to your court. Yeah, I mean, it's just this is one of those things where... You know, I'm going to talk vaguely here. Um, I just have a hard time with things like this. Um, mostly because there's two people being accused in this situation. Person number one is Dr. Robert Anderson. Okay. Who's being accused of sexual misconduct with a lot of people. Okay. He has been dead since 2008. No, I think it's like three. 
I think it's 2008. Is it 2008? I'm almost positive. Because he died after Bo. Bo Schembechler, coach of Michigan football, who is basically a living legend, okay? Um, he died, as a lot of Michigan fans remember, right before the Michigan-Ohio State game in 2006. So both of these, these gentlemen have been gone for a very long time. And we're accusing them, and also the program. Because now, at this point, we're at the end of this press conference. You have neither of us has brought this up yet. They're attacking the program at this point, basically saying they haven't apologized. They haven't come forth and put out a statement saying we hold ourselves responsible. They said, we're sorry Dr. Anderson did that. So then that's nothing. Right. Dead. He's dead. Okay. Um, so I, I just have a lot of problems pointing fingers. Do I think it, there's a really good chance that Dr. Anderson is a scumbag that these people say he is? Yes, I do believe that. That's probably the case. But I, I, I can't sit here and say that Bo did or did not know because I unfortunately, first off, Bo's not even here to say he did or didn't know. And there's really not enough evidence because there's so many people that are like, I've never even heard that this ever happened that were in the same playing times. But apparently, again, by, by what everybody is saying is, by everybody, I mean the survivors and the accusers, everybody knew. Well, not and not everybody knew. Matter of fact, you're going as far as saying everybody knew, but not Jim Harbaugh. He was naive. I I don't know. I just I just have a really hard time processing. And I I think as more and more testimonies and statements are issued, I think that there will be hopefully more information. And when these situations happen, I'm first off, I'm never the guy that's like, oh, I hope to God he's guilty. First off, I don't hope anybody's guilty because that insinuates that there was wrongdoing. Yep. I just hope I just hope there's justice. Yep. I hope whatever happened is lifted to the surface and brought to an honest, um, honest justice to whoever deserves it. I mean, that's that's how I've always been when, you know, even when. There's domestic violence in NFL, and now we're getting all off a tangent. But like, anytime there's a situation where somebody is accused, I'm I'm never the person to jump in line and be like, "Oh, I I hope to God he's guilty." Well, no, because that means that somebody had something happen to them. You know, mm-hmm. why would I why would I be rooting for that? I just hope that mm-hmm. there's justice and whatever happened, and that the truth surfaces. So that's truly what I'm with where I'm at here too. And it's just it's just tough because as of right now, we've heard. Um, basically, you know, four players have, have come out with, with testimonies or statements and for the most part, they align, I would say 99% of it aligns. Um, but there's just a lot of loopholes. The fact that, you know, uh, player D and Jim Harbaugh played at the exact same time, but yet one player has no idea this ever happened. And the other player says the entire football team, including Bo knew it's like, it just seems far fetched. And I'm again, I'm not, neither of us are sitting here calling anyone liars. Um, so I don't know. It's, uh, it's tough. It, it's I, I am, tough. I am intrigued to see what more comes out. And I'm also intrigued to see 
what the headhunting will be of Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, but tomorrow, like I said earlier, is uh, is going to be a huge day in Ann Arbor because uh, 40 more players are supposed to be in front of the stadium tomorrow doing a press conference. So 40, 40. more players. 40 more players are supposed to be coming forward tomorrow. I'm not sure if all 40 of them are going to be giving words and speaking, but uh, be prepared tomorrow about 10 a.m. to uh, start seeing stuff getting trended on Twitter because um, this is not going to go away anytime soon. And, again, we obviously hope, you know, this is not true. This is not the case. But, uh, man, if some names start getting dropped and high-profile names, uh, we are in for one hell of a summer because, you know, no offense and no – shade towards Giovanni Johnson or Dan Kukowski. I was not alive. I was not born yet to watch them play football. We don't really know yeah. who those guys are. But yeah. if, uh, you know, I mean, even someone that played under Lloyd Carr, because if this guy, this doctor was around this long, uh, who knows the damage that he did. And, um, you know, it, especially those guys um, that played in the 10-year war, uh, those guys especially have love for Bo Schembechler and those guys staying silent, uh, whether you believe that hurts them or, or helps them, uh, you know, it brings, I thought instantly today when, uh, or I, I thought this morning, you know, rather, uh, you know, guys like Dennis Franklin, you know, well, first African-American quarterback under Bo Schembechler for the university. Uh, and, that team that played in the the nineteen uh, the, the tie game was it the seventy or seventy one game or the seventy three game I can't remember but that era of player like uh, you know what are they going to be on this side of what fence side of the fence are they going to be on? I so I I just looked so in nineteen seventy nine Doctor Robert Anderson was allegedly fired. Yep, and brought back for 24 more years, retiring in 2003. So I think that's where you got that date from. He then died five years later. Well, 2003, and again, I, I, I think I'm very interested to know how long he was doing this. Yep. Because we're not just, I mean, I think we're, we're there's a lot of high-profile names that I feel like could be interviewed. Tom Brady, the entire Fab Five. I, so many players, Desmond Howard, Charles Woodson. All this allegedly happened in that time period. Um, and it just makes me wonder, like, okay, was this like a, like a serial thing? Did he have certain player types, like? Is there, is there more to be discovered, I guess? Because as right. of right now, there's too many holes. There's too many questions. Um, and I, I, I find it interesting that there's... I don't want to say they're no-name players, as you just alluded to. We, we just don't know who they are because, I mean, mm. we, weren't, we weren't even alive. But two very high-profile names, Jim Brandstand and Jim Harbaugh, have both come out and basically said, No. I don't know anything about this. And two players that are 
very not high profile. Three, I'm sorry, three players that are not high profile have come out and said, yeah, this did happen, that everybody knew. And then obviously you have Bo's stepson that comes out and says, yeah. But then you have Bo's son that says no. So it's like, it's almost like there's a wall. Mm-hmm. There's pro Bo and there's anti Bo. It just makes me wonder, like, where where are we at? I don't. Are we just gonna have a bunch of people saying nope, not a chance that happened? Or are we gonna have a bunch of people saying yes, it did happen? And then I guess my next question is like, well, does does it just die with Bo? Because Bo left, and then Lloyd Carr comes in. Did Lloyd Carr have? Does... There again, it's gonna be one heck of a summer because there's so many. I mean, if one rock gets flipped over and more stuff is uncovered, it's just going to be one. It's just a snowball effect. And um, yeah, dude, it's it. And if any of the assistant coaches knew, um, because Kwiatkowski and and Johnson are saying that some of the coaches would threaten, hey, yes, you, you're, I mean, you want to go see Doctor Randall today? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because Bo. Hated injuries, according to Kwiatkowski. Bo said, or Kwiatkowski he didn't said, have Bo time res- for him. Res- respected you more if you played through the pain. And um, now th- there's people aren't really saying it out loud. Uh, whether the, for the uh, the people that were involved don't haven't said it out loud, but the insinuation that's going around is uh, Bo had control over Dr. Anderson and. Uh, the reason why he had them on is when if Dr. Anderson be like, well, this player cannot play. He's too hurt. Bo, you know, would be like, threaten him and be like, no, you're going to change that. And you're going to be you're going to make him play. And uh, so if that's true, uh, again, I don't want, you know, everyone isn't an angel in this life. Uh, people have double lives. People uh, have skeletons in their closet. Um, and, you know, with the Penn State thing. Everyone on this planet was like, there's an absolute, when it first came out with James Nesky, they're like, there's absolutely no way Paterno knew. No way. And then when it came to light, you just kind of just sat there flabbergasted. You're like, holy cow. Like, you you don't, because because of the track record Paterno had, you don't want to completely take it away from him. But you're like, you're just so, you're just sitting there just mystified. Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be the same thing because, again, for 40 years, we're getting the Michigan man pumped up our rear ends, you know, through TV screens, through the, the you know, whatever, the media. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, hopefully, feel... hopefully, sorry, I, I just I good, really hope good. that uh, this doesn't end with uh, the the final uh, verdict here hurting the program with loss of scholarships and getting the death penalty like Penn State loss did. of wins and yeah so I guess I we're not gonna be able to end this podcast without asking this question because I feel like that's what everybody's waiting for so I'm just gonna ask it I have my opinions I'm sure you do too um, we'll start with number one because I feel like there's two if for some reason Jim Harbaugh is hiding this, he's obviously fired, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I agree. If it turns out there's even a hint of knowledge that Bo Schembechler was hiding this, what what do you think happens? Well, Michigan... Generally, generally speaking. 
generally speaking. I think... Because there's a lot that would happen, but generally right. speaking, I, would happen. I think Michigan, uh, because of what it did to itself on the self-imposed sanctions with the Fab Five, I think that Schembechler Hall gets renamed, statue comes down, and we probably lose scholarships. Maybe not, I don't know. Maybe not. We not lose scholarships because maybe there's a a, a line there with uh, that era of coaching is not around anymore when Paterno was still kind of in the university. Maybe, um, but I think that vaca- vacating wins happens, and if that happens, you can forget about the all-time wins and you can forget about the all-time win percentage. Yeah, I mean those are obviously the the main things, and I, I think you'll. I think we'll go as far as saying that I think they would stop trademarking things like the team, the team, the team. I think they would stop trademarking things like those who stay will be champions. I think that I think Michigan would lose, lose some fan base too. I think that there would be some just naturally people that, that step out and say, I can't support a program that allowed this to happen essentially, you know, Mm-hmm. And you know, you always had those ignorant naysayers on on social media waiting to put on the next thing, and it's like cancel culture, cancel culture. And I'm sure everybody's got their opinions on that stuff. And you know the whole the whole Joe Pa thing, and now Bo, and people are saying, oh, watch out for the other, you know, Bear Bryant and Woody Hay. And let's not insinuate that was happening anywhere else. Maybe it was, but we're not going to insinuate that it was because I think that's really I just think that's ignorant. I don't think that's the right place at the right time. But, um, uh, I, again, I root for justice. I always have. And I just feel like if that's the case, then I, you have to make changes. And Michigan completely gets a facelift. And I don't think that they're – we're not immune to, to to a punishment. I I think what you were saying as far as wins and all-time win percentage and – Wow, I think a lot of that would go away. I think a lot of that would go away. And I think that if that all went away, I think Jim Harbaugh, whether he knew or not, I think he would just probably step down. I don't think he would he would stick on to watch all that happen. Um, and I think Michigan would go in the gutter for a while, whether that be lost in scholarships or not. I just think that naturally that's probably what would happen. Um, interesting summer, as you alluded to. I think there's a lot more to be heard. I'm not trying to be a downer here by at the end of this pod, but I do think that there are a lot more testimonies before we even start drawing up any kind of conclusions. I can't call mm-hmm. anybody guilty or non-guilty. I do think, I will say this, I think that Robert Anderson definitely did some stuff. That's pretty clear. I don't think mm-hmm. you just get 800 names overnight. You know, it's just, there's something there. There's something wrong. But I don't know. I don't have anything else. Anything else from you, sir? I'll I'll end with this. Um, we are entering year seven under Mr. Harbaugh, and yeah. uh, as of right now, on June fifteenth, we know that he, as of right now, on record, doesn't have any uh, any like fault in anything of this right now, like. Yeah, he's he's kind of clean right now, but obviously that's going to be yet to be determined. But as of right now, man, he is going to have 
a tremendous pressured field season in year seven on the field to win. And that is obviously a whole nother podcast episode of the product on the field that we got going on. And then what is going on off the field. And I feel like this is a pressure cooker waiting to happen right now. And it's kind of mirroring, uh, same pressure type, um, level rather like Rich Rodriguez had in 2010 where your ass is on the outs. You're expected to make a jump in year three. I feel like it's right there with Rich Rod's 2010 year. Like it's make it or break it season. <laughs> I Jim Harbaugh, man. Hopefully that dude just doesn't become an alcoholic because that dude, his phone has got to be ringing off the hook right now, whether it's from recruits, coaches, family, media, that dude has probably got like five burner phones right now because it is not looking good for him. Yeah, it's crazy time. Crazy time. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any more to add. That's you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. I mean, he's zero six against Ohio state. I believe he's two and four against Michigan state. Am I right there? Two and four. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, and now he has this over his head. I mean, this is a this is the most pressure he's ever had in his life. <laughs> um, but I'll say this: I still think he's the right guy for the job. You just got to get it done. You got to show us on the football field. You got to get these kids in, and they've landed a couple of transfers, and they've had a solid class, and they they made a complete rehaul to the coaching staff that a lot of people are excited for. I think for the most part, so. Um, I'm excited to talk football here in the next couple of months, but we'll, uh, as, as more information comes out, we'll, we'll do another one of these. I think, I think we were as honest as we could possibly be here for two people that want this to obviously end positively the best it can. So yeah. All good. Absolutely. My friend. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to sign off. I hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Um, I hope you guys can respect that we were we were honest and open and and gave you what the facts were and um, even though we both bleed blue. So, with that said, we'll see you guys later. Dan, thank you again for joining and go blue. Go blue, see buddy. You later.